the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Of course, once again, we've had another week of um, you know, important events, shall we say, uh, several of which you know um, have to do with uh, more infringement or attempted infringement upon our constitutional rights, our constitutional liberties, our natural rights as free men and women, God-given rights as free men and women. We'll be talking about those things today on the show. Right now, we're very pleased to have an outstanding guest, and I would say probably the perfect guest to talk about some of these issues, and that is State Representative Anthony Sabatini, who, of course, as most of you know, is candidate for the United States Congress. Hello, Anthony. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, Roger. Always an honor to be on the show. Thanks. Appreciate it very much. Always enjoy speaking with you and really appreciate the work that you do, both as an elected official, as a state representative, and, and in your private practice, uh, your law practice, defending freedom. I, you know, I'll just let the, you know, I know you're in a, involved in a, an energetic campaign for Congress and I'll just let you, uh, what would the first thing you would like to, to discuss today or share with our listeners? Well, I think the biggest thing that's about to happen in Florida is this special legislative session we have in two weeks. Uh, we got to get these property insurance rates down. The premiums must go down. It's a hidden tax. It's hurting people really badly. Uh, we all know people, uh, in fact, uh, ourselves, uh, whose insurance have doubled over the last year or two. And uh, commercial properties, it's even worse. So everything's on the table. We're going back to Tallahassee in two weeks uh, to clamp down on this. The biggest problem we have is uh, fraudulent roof claims, fraudulent uh, insurance claims, usually based on people who lie and say there's roof damage and there's attorney's fees involved and it's jacked up insurance rates for everybody. So that's something we really need to uh, clamp down on. The problem is a lot of the Republican legislators are bought off by the trial lawyers. You talk to people like the Speaker of the House in Florida, Chris Browse, he's taking millions from the trial lawyers, and he's refusing to budge when it comes to uh, uh, crushing these uh, uh, sort of abusive legal practices that exist in Florida. So that's something we really need to focus on and fix, and that's going to happen in two weeks. The governor wants uh, to fix this crisis. The state Senate president does, too, but... Uh, the Speaker of the House has been really combative on this issue. So I'm somebody that's going to stand with the governor and make sure we're passing court reform to lower insurance in the state of Florida. I think this is a, a crisis if we don't fix it immediately. That's probably the biggest issue happening in Florida right now. Thank you for that update. And uh, now I'd like to ask you a little bit about your campaign for Congress. And, of course, you are 
in a Republican primary, and the seat that you are com- you know competing for is currently held by Democrat Stephanie Murphy, and that of course that was long held that that particular seat congressional seat was held by Congress Republican Congressman John Micah for many many years before he was unseated by Stephanie Murphy. Um, can you just uh, what would you like to say about about the race for Congress right now? Well, you know, uh, this is a, a race we have to win. We got to make sure we beat uh, whatever Democrats running to replace Stephanie Murphy on the Democrat ticket, uh, because they are communists. They hate our country. They're trying to literally destroy this country from within by destroying family and family values, starting with uh, basic concepts that nobody in all of Western civilization have ever doubted. Things like gender, uh, objective truth, etc. So this is something we really need to make sure we're. Uh, beating the Democrats on letting people know that they are the radical party of cu- cultural Marxism that wants to destroy our country, destroy the rule of law, and teach insane uh, 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 versions of racism in the form of critical race theory. So this is a major, major race. More importantly, you have a Republican primary. Uh, you know, I have Republicans who are running against me saying that uh, standing up for the America First agenda, the Trump agenda, is too controversial. It's uh, it's uh, 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 too too, too far right, uh, apparently, to be uh, a, a proud patriot and believe in the rule of law and building the wall and stopping illegal immigration in the United States. So I'm being primaried by some really vicious uh, left-wing Republican radicals, rhino Mitt Romney-style radicals, uh, who are running against me in the primary. They're all pretty terrible. So the good news is we've raised a million dollars from patriots across the country. We've knocked on many, many, many doors in the election, and uh, uh, we're way out front, but uh, these rhinos are going to do everything they can to spread lies and try to hurt true America first uh, candidates, Trump affiliate candidates, because they want to bring the Republican Party back to the period before Donald Trump. They don't want actual uh, proud nationalist, populist, uh, conservative fighters leading the party. They want the globalist corporate elite like your Mitt Romney's types, and uh, that's something that we're going to have to win uh, you know, here internally within the Republican Party, especially in this race in District 7. It's a very important race. And one more question uh, about the race, kind of a nuts and bolts logistical question, is, yes, you said, you know, Stephanie Murphy is, is a Democrat now. They captured it from the Republicans when she upset uh, Congressman Micah a couple of years ago. How hotly contested is this seat by the Democrats? Are they, I mean, are they fighting hard to keep that, or is it something they thought, well, gee, uh, you know, you know this, this might go Republican this time? They might throw money at it later, but it, right now they're not. Uh, they know that, so based on the 2020 election, the way this seat is written, it's a plus six Republican seat, which makes it a safe Republican seat. But because there's going to be a red wave and they know it, uh, the uh, Republican nominee is expected to win by 12 to 14 points. So they're not really trying right now. Maybe they put some money in later in the general. But at this point, there's no serious Democrats of, uh, vying for it. And all the more reason, all that just elevates the importance of, of the primary race you know, that you're in right now, of course. Um, now I would like to ask you some specific questions about issues. And first, we have, it just dawned on me, we haven't really spoke, we haven't spoken since the governor's, uh, Governor DeSantis initiative to push back, not only push back against Disney, but push back and then, then I guess, counterattack, if you will, uh, and, and gain ground. Um you know, with Disney's you know, attempts to push a pro-trans agenda, their desire to push a pro-trans agenda, you know, he stood up to them. 
you know, took took some of their dramatic uh, benefits away. Uh, can you just uh, talk, speak to us about that issue and, 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 and your thoughts about it? And, and your thoughts about uh, you know, what Absolutely, Governor DeSantis yeah. did? Absolutely, yeah. Well, we repealed, as the first bill, there'll be, there'll be many bills related to Disney, but the first bill we did is a bill to take away their self-governing status, the Reedy Creek uh, uh, Improvement District. I think that's a good first initial step. But what we really need to do is change our tax laws in Florida so these woke, crazy companies are really paying up. You know, we should not be doing tax breaks and tax loopholes for anti-family, anti-American companies like Disney. We need to be doing tax cuts and tax breaks for middle-class property owners, small business owners. So I'd like to uh, close our tax loopholes in Florida, make Florida what they call a combined reporting state, where uh, Disney can't hide some of the revenues it's making here in the state and pretend that they're really making it in tax havens like Delaware and Nevada. And uh, by doing so, it would be a $600 million tax increase on Disney. We could turn right around and cut the same exact year uh, $600 million worth of taxes on uh, people's uh, property insurance. And I think that, I'm sorry, property uh, uh, property taxes. And so that would really help, too, with some of the cost and inflation that people are suffering because of Joe Biden. So that's something we need to do immediately. And I think that's coming down the chute. We just got to make sure we have strong Republicans who have the spine to do it. We have a lot of rhinos in the state legislature. It's no different from Congress. You got some patriots, you got a lot of people in the middle, and then you got some really powerful rhinos who are running the place. Thankfully, Governor DeSantis uh, is much more powerful than he kind of bosses them around, but these are the kind of guys that are still bought and paid for by Disney. You know, everybody needs to be on the same page on Disney. And unfortunately, some of these Republican rhinos are still very, very close in touch with uh, corporate globalist shields like Disney, which are trying to push a transgender agenda on second graders in Florida. Thank you for those great insights. And friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're glad you're joining us right now. Our guest is State Representative Anthony Sabatini. And, of course, as you're hearing, as you most likely know, he's a candidate for the United States Congress in the 2022 elections. And he is will be in a Republican primary um, in August, That where that election will be held in August. Um one more question quickly about about the Disney. This is a speculative question. I normally don't like to ask speculative questions because nobody can you know, read other read minds or predict the future or whatever. But it's a question that I've asked myself. What do you think the mindset with with Disney was on this thing? Do you think that they um, and and in in terms of two things, one, do you think that they just felt they could do whatever they wanted to do because they generally always get away with whatever they want to do, and 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 certainly no Republican or you know uh, you know elected officials ever push back against them. And then secondly, do you um, do you think that they know that at the you know, upper reaches of the company, the leadership, how out of sync they are with their own customer base? I think they know exactly what they're doing. I think they're in the vice grip of a very dangerous, pseudo-religious type mentality, a, a psychotic kind of cult. This cult, this woke cultism is not just a difference of opinion. They're not just people who have silly ideas. This is a very, very dangerous ideology that has taken over a large uh, segment of our, our American elite, and they're now trying to turn it around and jam it down. Uh, the throats of the average people through uh, a type of evangelical practice of uh, shoving it down, preaching at it, and trying to find anybody to with their trans. Very, very interesting. And one more, one more quick question, and I appreciate the time you're, you're spending with us on, on short notice. 
Um, I got about 30 seconds, and then I got to roll. Okay, the uh, Disinformation Governance Board, your thoughts on that? Should be abolished and defunded immediately. Any Republican that hasn't spoken on it should be eliminated from the Republican Party. It's the single most dangerous thing to happen at the federal level in the last five years. Very creepy stuff, and uh, we need real fighters who are going to take it down and impeach everybody involved. Well, thank you very much, and I suspect uh, when you go to Washington, you will be uh, very vocal on on things this and and other similar uh, initiatives to inhibit freedom. You you can take that to the bank. Thank you, Roger. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Representative Anthony Sabatini. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, we're very pleased that you're joining us today. Always great to get together with you at this time every week. And hope you're enjoying the program. Of course, really enjoyed our conversation with Anthony Sabatini. And, you know, he, you never know, uh, you never have to guess where he stands on issues. And he is a very... Um, obviously very dedicated young man and dedicated to the principles of freedom, constitutional liberty, and very knowledgeable as well and persuasive. Before we go further, and we're going to just talk about some of these other issues um, that have come up in the last week or two or three um, in the state of Florida and in the country, all related to our, our constitutional rights. But before we go further, I want to, of course, let let you know that as the weather gets warmer, and I think it's gotten warmer, and it's going to be warmer, of course, for at least the next six or eight months, if not longer, that I want you definitely to know about our friends up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. They've got everything you need for all of your lawn and garden needs, and they can also uh, help you with you've got if you have large property, if you have uh, landscaping needs for your home, property, other property you own or for your business. They're very talented people, and they have tremendous knowledge. And the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair, excuse me, at Apopka Moore and Equipment Repair, have the finest, they sell only the, the best outdoor power equipment products in the business and the best lawnmowers in the business. They're on the north side of Apopka on Highway 441 at Plymouth Sereno Road. You can find out more at apopkamower.com. That's apopkamower.com. Um, and and you, you know, and we'll, once we let you know um, that they are Apopka Mower Equipment Repair is where they sell the best and they fix the rest. Yeah. You, you heard me mention um, at the end of the conversation with Representative Anthony Sabatini, the Disinformation Governance Board, which I'm sure many, if not all of you, are, are aware of. I do want to make sure, though, that we definitely cover this topic very closely and just a, a very brief background on it is just, I think, within the last two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, the Biden administration, for lack of a better term, has come out with this idea to establish a federal agency called the Disinformation Governance Board, which essentially uh, will monitor uh, speech and particularly political speech and particularly um, political activity in the country. 
under the guise of you know, attempting theoretically to to monitor or to stamp out what they um, refer to interpret as disinformation. Now, of course, as we've learned from the left in the recent years, last three, four, five years, during essentially since Donald Trump came on the scene in a big way, that in, when I talk about the left, of course, I'm talking about obviously you know the the current administration, pretty much Democrat Party as as a whole, certainly the leadership, um, the media, the mainstream media. The Washington Swamp, um, all of these, you know, now large segments of corporate America, many Fortune 500 companies, many Fortune 1000 companies, National Football League, apparently, well, not apparently, National Football League, uh, et cetera. So, and one of the things we've learned about the left is they they lie, (laughs) they do not characterize things correctly, and if they call something a disinformation governance board, uh, you know, that's probably something that's going to try to stamp out actual information, and they're going to be the ones <laughs> disseminating the disinformation. In fact, we've already learned that over the last uh, several years. You know, with, um, so anyway, that's the reason I want to mention this is because this is something that is totally, totally foreign and contrary to Americanism, if you will, to our Constitution to our protected constitutional rights, to just the spirit of freedom, the spirit of what it means to live in a free society, in in a free constitutional democratic republic, where theoretically at least uh, the rights of citizens are literally protected in writing by the Constitution and processes. And, you know, this is the type of thing where third world dictatorships have organizations such as this, the Disinformation Governance Board. Um, communist countries, that's something, <laughs> communist China, uh, the, so, the former Soviet Union, Eastern Bloc co- countries, nations, communist, totalitarian nations, Hitler's Germany. That's the kind of thing that I think this this could definitely lead to, but not even lead to. It's probably what the whole point of it from day one. Um, and I suspect probably right now they are re- researching, investigating, looking into um, political activity by good, upstanding American citizens. You know, we've already seen uh, extraordinary abuses by the FBI. And, of course, the FBI, once again, is now part of the whole left-wing establishment in Washington in fact, Sebastian Gorka spoke to that eloquently when he was here at our Freedom Expo several weekends ago. And um, so basically, this is something that's uh, a, a, you know, a very, I would say, chilling development. It should not be underestimated, regardless of how much coverage it gets in the media, and that we all citizens need to be aware of the potential for abuse of this situation. It needs, it needs to be... Uh, be ended it needs to be disbanded uh, and um and people all citizens of course but especially any republican um in any kind of a elected official capacity or especially leadership capacity in washington just needs to literally put their foot down in desantis style 
or in Trump style and just say, no, this isn't going to happen. We're not going to stand for this. And fortunately, I know at least one is doing it right now in the national level. That's Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky. And of course, you know, others throughout the heartland, throughout the rest of the country, like Representative Anthony Sabatini are doing the same thing as well. But just wanted to share those thoughts with you. And I realize that once again, you get it. Probably virtually every single person that listens to our show understands what a extraordinarily horrible (laughs) development this is and that it must be uh, pushed back against and it must be literally, literally uh, dismantled and, and eradicated. Uh, But I guess the thing to, to look at going forward is once again, to be sadly aware that we now live in a country where certainly the leadership of, of a, of a specific political party, a major political party, um, Pretty much the entire so-called mainstream media is now um, employing hard leftist tactics, the kind of tactics and philosophy and uh, nuts and bolts operations, if you will, that historically are consistent with totalitarian regimes uh, and not consistent with freedom and uh, freedom and liberty that we've always enjoyed in America. And of course, we'll be continuing to keep an eye on this as well. Another topic that I do want to, two more quick topics before we go to break, I want to touch on. And one of those is I briefly want to share my thoughts about uh, entrepreneur, you know, billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk buying uh, Twitter. I think this, personally, I think this is an exceptionally positive development. I do know that others, um, are a little bit more skeptical than I am, if not more largely more skeptical. Personally, you know, I don't see how um, this could be. Uh, I see nothing but good here. Um, the fact, in fact, that's what I've been, as, as you know, that we've been talking about on this show for about the last six or eight months is where are the billionaire high tech people that aren't left wingers, <laughs> that aren't leftists, that aren't totalitarians, that aren't woke. They've been nowhere to be seen, essentially, and to the point where literally information flow in the world, not just America, but in the world, whether it's Google, Apple, Microsoft, Twitter, Facebook, a couple of other of the major communications, high, you know, big tech communications oligarchs are all hardcore left wing. They're hard, all hardcore woke. Where are the billionaire high tech non-left-wingers. Well, we've got one now, Elon Musk. And he has explicitly said his purpose is to make Twitter, once again, to return Twitter, or if it, if it ever was, but uh, to, to, to make Twitter a open forum that respects free speech and respects the marketplace of ideas. I think this is literally one of the most positive developments and I would even say in my lifetime, because it's time that somebody begin to st- once again step up, be counted, put their money where their mouth is, and, and he's put about what something like $44 billion or something like that um, on the cause of freedom and liberty and Americanism and, and standing up against, pushing back against, gaining ground against the hard left. So I think this is a – I'm very encouraged by this. 
and I just wanted to share those thoughts with you. Now, we'll see where it goes, but at this moment, I'm, I'm very encouraged. And when we come back, uh, there's one more main uh, big issue I'd want to share with you uh, about, and we'll be talking about this into the future, and that is a, a case that's making its way to the Supreme Court. Uh, our friends over at the Liberty Council, Matt Staver and Maureen Bravo and, and the great people at Liberty Council are on the case about a high school football coach in the state of Washington, Bremerton High School, who was fired, lost his job for voluntary prayer after ball games. Well, that's uh, working its way up through the Supreme Court, and there might be some hope of a positive outcome there. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back from our break. And before we go to break, I want to, of course, let you know about the guys who are at Sheila Auto Repair and let you know that you can trust the guys at Sheila Auto Repair. So I take my car. I've been taking it there for over 20 years. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. Hope you're enjoying the program. It was great to hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini earlier in the show. Of course, he's a candidate for one of the most important congressional races in the country. It is a Florida congressional seat number seven, currently held by Democrat Stephanie Murphy. And the Republicans have an excellent shot at taking that seat, as, as we have heard. And But it's going to be a very crowded primary. And uh, Anthony Sabatini is... is fighting a battle to to win that race in that crowded Republican primary. Um, and I would like to, before we pick up you know, where we left off, of course, I want to give a shout out to our friend Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers and all the great people at Thompson Jewelers. And it was great to have Derek join us recently on the show. You know, of course, he's got uh, varied interests, but one of the Great things about, it's always great to speak with Derek because of his vast knowledge about the founding of our country, our founding fathers, the revolutionary era, and all the the many things that that went into uh, the founding of our country and all the incredible obstacles that our incredible leadership, a divinely inspired and divinely led leadership, was able to achieve with the blessing of divine providence. So, I want to give a shout out to Derek and, and all the great people at Thompson Jewelers and appreciate their support. They support all the programs right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, as you know. I also want to let you know that our program is supported by Florida Door Solutions, and they support the messages of FM 94.9, The Answer, AM 950, our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. So if you have garage door problems of any kind, I urge you to get over to see Florida Door Solutions or to call or contact Florida Door Solutions, and you can get them at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. Family-owned and operated, and they're one of the true success stories, patriotic free enterprise success stories in Central Florida. Recently, you have celebrated their 16th anniversary. I would like to um, pick up and talk about the situation with the 
football coach, high school football coach that was fired in the state of Washington. And this actually happened all the way back in 2008 uh, for voluntary prayer on the field after football games and give you a little briefing on that particular issue. And we're going to just let you know, I'm not exactly where it stands at this moment. I do know the Liberty Council, Matt Staver and the people at the Liberty Council are actively engaged in supporting the, his name is coach Kennedy and his first amendment rights for freedom of religious expression. And we're going to follow this closely and, and keep you up to date on it. But essentially the details are that in 2008, Bremerton High School football coach, Coach Kennedy, and this is Bremerton, the state of Washington, made a promise to God that he would pray and give thanks after each game he coached, regardless of the outcome. Basically, what he would do is he would, after the game, he would drop to one knee and pray for about to have, offer a short prayer on the 50-yard line at the end of games. You know, once he started doing that, you know, he would did it uh, by himself for a while. And then uh, shortly thereafter, um, other students and other people, fans, uh, others would, would kind of gather around him and join him. Um, then he would, if, if students were there, then he would offer a short uh, motivational, uplifting speeches uh, to the students and then end with a brief prayer. Sometimes, you know, nobody would gather and he would continue to, to just kneel and have prayer um, alone by himself. Um, and then it was actually 2015, it started in 2008. Um, he was able to do that for quite a while, which is his constitutional right, obviously, to do. Uh, in 2015, he was fired uh, by the school district after they ordered him to stop, and, and he uh, he didn't stop. He, he continued to exercise his First Amendment right. Um, so anyway, that that's the crux of the situation. And... Um, and, to, you know, he, and it was, you know, by the left-wing courts out in the, the specific Northwest, Northwest, he was um, decided with the school district, of course. And, but in 2019, this, um, but, but recently, um, you know, the Supreme Court has, has, you know, given the idea, uh, given the hint that it might take up this case. And we're going to start following that. Uh, it actually was returned to the Supreme Court in 2021. And we are. They took the case actually in January of 2022. So anyway, we're going to follow that case. We're going to um, keep you up to date on it. And I just want to, you know, share my my brief thoughts. Of course, I mean, which is which is just about as about as obvious as, as you could have. Is that I don't see how literally that our our First Amendment is so um, you know plainly stated, so explicitly stated. It's literally impossible to me to see how any well-meaning person could misinterpret it, and by that mean it's just a simple statement that um, you know c- citizens have the right to to for, for freedom of religious expression, and that freedom of religious expression should not be uh, abridged. Uh, Congress will make shall make no law abridging freedom of religious expression. Now, how could you ever think that that uh, that anybody? Uh, of any religion, and I want to emphasize that part, um, dropping and kneeling in prayer would be a violation of the First Amendment. Of course it's not. But but sadly, beginning about 60 years ago, on the Earl Warren Court, back in the early 60s, a, a long series of 
Supreme Court decisions. Um, you know, the first one I believe was initiated by by renowned uh, famous atheist Madeline Murray O'Hare. Um, the court began to come down with these rulings, which were uh, actually the results of which were the exact the the exact opposite of the intent of the intent of the First Amendment, where freedom of religious expression began to become inhibited and prohibited by the state and by these Supreme Court rulings. So anyway, that's a little background. I'm sure most of you know that, but um, the point is, is that it's all part of the the left agenda. I don't know if um, people really grasp that back in the early days. Uh, I think everybody pretty much gets it now. I mean, I mean, at least all freedom-loving people, all people that believe in our Constitution, you know, that believe in America, um, patriotic Americans of, of all of all stripes, understand that a big part of the the agenda of the left is to remove God and remove religion from you know, from our our national national discourse to to take God out of America, basically. And of course, the, that's a big part of the left wing agenda. And of course, the the reason for that is is as Thomas Jefferson so eloquently stated, um, our rights come from God. And the whole point of the United States of America is to the country. The reason the country was founded was to have a framework, a legal framework, uh, where gov- a, gov- a government that would protect the rights of the citizens. And, w- and, and the reason for that, the rationale for that, are natural rights. Every citizen has natural rights given to them by their creator, bestowed upon them by their creator, which is, of course, God. So once you remove God from the equation— then there's no logical justification for individuals having rights. Of course, now what um, to what what happens then? Well, then the government <laughs> that that's where the government uh, takes over that role, and the government uh, will give you your rights. <laughs> They'll be the ones who decide what rights, if any, that you have, and which will be taken away. So that's why the role of God in our society, in our country, in a framework of our of our constitution of our institutions uh, is so vitally important because that's where our rights originate, bestowed upon by our creator, divine providence, God, whatever you want to call it, call him. Um, and once that is, once God is removed, well, then there's no justification for individual liberty, individual citizens' rights, and government becomes the arbiter and the great benefactor or the the great tyrannical uh, you know, institution uh, player in the equation, which is more, most often the case. So that's pretty much the things I wanted to discuss with you uh, in this particular segment. And um, we look forward to being joined by our friend Vito Fira here coming up in a few minutes. And um, before we go to Vito, of course, I want to, say a word about our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain and all the great people over at St. Germain Chiropractic let you know that Dr. St. Germain and and St. Germain Chiropractic has voted voted best chiropractor once again. So I want to encourage you that when you're in pain, I encourage you to to get over to see Dr. Patrick St. Germain. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. 
Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to, um, glad you're joining us. I wanted to hope you're joining the show. Right now, we're pleased to be joined by regular contributor Vito Ferra of Network Sound and Video. Vito, great to have you joining us today. Hi, Roger. Great to be with you. And what a blessing it is to just be on this radio station with you, sir. Well, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. It's always great speaking with you. You know, I'd love to, what I would like to do today is just kind of have you go over several of the services that you that you and Rhonda you provide to our listeners and the public at Network Sound and Video because you know there's you do so many things. Sometimes it's hard to get your arms around everything, and and sometimes there's things that we don't talk about. But um, one thing I'd like there are about three or four things I'd like to have you discuss specifically. One of those is photo, photo restoration and slideshows. And can you talk about the kind of things that you can do there and the magnitude of it? I would be happy to. First of all, for some of your new listeners, we're an audio and video restoration service. We've been in business since 1980. So we're celebrating about 42 years right now. And anything that's old in audio or video, that's tapes, reels, cassettes, if you're talking videotapes, VHS, anything like that, up and including to what Roger just mentioned, like photos. People say, what do I do with all these dozens and dozens of the big photo books, the heavy books that they would love to share with their family and friends. And a lot of times those were in those big plastic-covered books, and they can't do much with them. Even if they wanted to give them away, they're in these big folders. So what we do is we take the pictures and we scan them at a real nice resolution for them, make them into a JPEG file, which is the same as like your camera would take or your phone on your, your camera phone, and we take those and put those on like a single flash drive for you. Now, we've taken thousands and thousands of pictures. Literally, I had a lady come in here, over 100 pounds of books. We weighed them because she couldn't believe it. 100 pounds of books of all her photos from like 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, all the way back. I mean, her mom was on them. This lady's in her 70s. And we took all of these, put it on one single flash drive, and we snapped a picture of her and all these things. We had it on a hand card, Rog. There were so many pictures, but now she can share them. She can drop them to her phone. She can put them on a computer. You can email. You can put them on Instagram. You can put them on Facebook. They were thrilled. And people that had never even seen these pictures or maybe didn't see them in 50 years are now able to see themselves and be able to share them with kids, grandkids, relatives, friends all around the world, basically. So that's a one fun thing that we do. We bring these photos back to life, restore some of the color to them if anything's faded, and they get everything back, of course, but then they're on this nice, tiny little flash drive. They can travel with it, put it in a purse, a pocketbook, a wallet, any you know, any, anywhere you want. Throw it in the glove box when you're traveling. It just makes it a super, super way to bring all the old pictures into the new technology age. That's a great point. I just thought of one other thing, too. Um... You know, w- once you get those on on your flash drive, it's easy to share that with your family. Um, so you know, in the, the you know, sometimes you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's um, your your members of your family would like to have access to, the, to those pictures as well. You know, if they're in a box somewhere um, in your house, there's no telling how many photos get lost. You know, during transitional phases of life and so forth. Exactly, and a lot of the pictures. You may recall, you're so young, you see, that uh, everybody used to do group pictures because maybe you got 12 uh, 35-millimeter pictures on a roll of film, then you ran down to the the pharmacy or one of the photo labs, you know, to get the You wait like two weeks, you know, for them to come back. 
But there was a lot of family pictures. There was a, a group of pe- people in there. And when you share them, they're saying, oh, look, there's Grandmom and Grandpop, and there's Aunt Allison, Uncle Henry. And, and look, Fluffy the dog, remember him? <laughs> you know, so it's great. You encompass a lot of picture in these, a lot of people in these pictures, and it, it makes it real fun. And how I know that is because people come back and say, we had so much fun looking through those pictures. Here's the other thing, too. You can put it in a computer. The flash drive will go into your computer so that you can share and attach. But some of the brand-new smart TVs, like the big flat-screen smart TVs, have a capability of taking in the USB drive. You put it in, and it'll say, you know, it'll say photos or photo slides, and then they'll start to play. And then you just they'll just run right on the screen for you, or you use the remote control, and you arrow through all the pictures. And now you're watching them on a 55-inch, 60-inch screen. It's amazing. And people say they love that. If that's the newer the newer technology, say if something is maybe three years old or newer in the smart TVs. Some of the older ones will do it, but it is a good possibility that they will even be able to see these tiny little pictures that they took, three by fives or even smaller, on a big screen TV. And it really makes it great. People marvel over this stuff. Great info. And friends, you're listening to the Roger Frank and William Show. Right now we're speaking with Vito Fira of Network Sound and Video. Now another thing, and we've talked about this before, but you know, I you know, it's a, I I think it's pretty much of a, a pretty significant niche in what you do, and I know a lot of our listeners would be interested in this service that you provide. Is that uh, football films? Uh, you know, even back in the days of eight, you know, was eight millimeter film. Uh, later, um, you know, videotape. You can get those up to date as well. Get those restored to DVD. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, you had recently had uh, you know customer that came by with some of those uh, recently. That's what he did. He brought them in. Uh, this ge- the gentleman that brought them in was the son of a fellow that played in the 1981 through 1984 series of the New England Patriots. The guy didn't even think he even knew where these films were. These were old films. You know, you always say you know, on the news sports show, they say, okay, film at 11. You know what I mean? Join us now for a film at 1020. It's coming on. You know, and it was film. They still say that, you know, it's just because of a habit. But, yeah, these were great, and they were in super, super condition. They were in the original film reels, and he wound up with about 42 minutes of all the pre-plays, pre-season games, and the practices. It was amazing. This guy, he played defense, and they showed all the movies. He was pretty fast every once in a while. He couldn't catch somebody. He said, yeah, now I can't catch anybody, you know. He's like well into his 60s. But, boy, he was so thrilled to even see some of this stuff. And it came out so great. Black and white, no sound. But that's the way they did films. You know, of course, the narrators would, you know, talk over the films. You know all about that. You're Mr. Narrator there yourself. But, yeah, that's a fun thing to do. Brought it back to DVD. And it also can be restored to an MP4 flash drive if they wanted to do it in another digital format. So, Bring them in. We're ready for them. That's wonderful. Now, and here's one that I want to talk about briefly that's really dear to my heart, and that's A-Track, uh, A-Track, uh, a, you know, that, that cartridges. Can, yeah, cartridges that can be restored yeah, to you know something about those CD and digital because that. yeah, that when I was um <laughs> you know in my younger days, if you will, coming from col out of college and then my first days out into the working world in my early twenties, eight tracks that was like the new <laughs> cutting edge you know mm-hmm. um, technology for listening to to your favorite bands in your car. 
And so anyway, that's uh, kind of kind of kind of a ch- we chuckle now because it's synonymous with way 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 back in the in the day. But uh, uh, you know, there was a time when eight tracks were like the cool, hip, high tech way to go for listening to your favorite album. Well, that was very cool because not only uh, see pre eight track, for instance, you had reel to reel, and the reel to reels went into the record albums. Those were really great, but like a reel to reel player could have been sixty pounds. The record player was great, but you couldn't jar it or move it around because the needle would jump and it would scratch the record, wouldn't play. The A-tracks were built right into your car. So you had an 8-track car stereo that you could slam into the dashboard, try not to crash into the guy in front of you when you're, <laughs> when you're hitting the buttons to change the tracks. But it was great. It was like the first real way you could get your music in your car and like be like Joe Cool going down the street listening to this great stuff. So... Not only did they have uh, players that you could have in in home players and consoles, but they made it a portability thing even before the audio cassette came out. It was a real in thing in those days. In fact, one more brief memory, if if you and our, our, our friends can indulge me, is back about that time, my girlfriend actually had a Corvette and she had, you know, a track, uh, you know, in her, in her, in her car, in the Corvette, her favorite uh, song, there was a song, a huge song back in the day uh, called My Sharona. Mm-hmm. By the knack, and I still still remember every time I hear eight tra- the phrase eight tracks. I remember every time I'd get into her car or, or she'd pull up, she'd have a you know my Sharona playing on her eight track <laughs> in her Corvette. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great I mean, days. Was, I, what a super way to you know listen to your music, and it got us to, into the rock and roll age. Didn't have to sit at home and in the bedroom listening to a record player anymore. You know, and, then, and that was followed up by the cassettes and the cassettes. Yes. Still go, you know. People still playing cassettes. And then finally, uh, I'd like to talk to you about briefly videotapes uh, because you know a lot of people, you know, including myself, as you know, have these videotapes which are very important, um, but they deteriorate, and and you can help with that as well. Or they have been deteriorating even through no fault of their own. People have had them in a home entertainment center, you know, in a in a box or in a closet in their homes, in their even you know, in their, uh, under the bed, for instance, in a dusty old box. Well, but they still are subject to deterioration because the materials that they used, um, it was an analog tape and it had a cobalt backing. It's actually a two process, uh, manufacturing uh, process where the tape is molded to the backing. It starts to come apart through no fault of their own. Now, the worst thing is people had them and they didn't think about it when they threw them up in the attic you know, it's 140 degrees up there for six months of the year in Florida. It's the worst place. Or in the garage, it may not be quite as hot, but the dust and the mold and we get silverfish in and all kinds of creatures that really aren't supposed to be in the videotape. So a lot of times we have to fix the videotape. So when you bring them in, we'll inspect them. We'll make sure there's, there's no damage. If there is anything that is damaged, we're able to replace everything. We have brand new shells here that if we have to, we'll take the entire shell apart, replace it with the videotape that's in there, and restore that, and then and then play it, and then we can get it to go to DVD or MP4 flash drive. Yep, there's so many great things, but get them in, let us inspect them. It's a free inspection, and we'll give you a good discount on quantity also. So that's one thing we do offer here. That's great. And as we uh, wrap things up, I want to let you know you can find Vito and Rhonda at Networks Hunting Video a number of very easy ways. Of course, you can always drop by see them in person. They're 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood in the uh, Big Tree area. Also, you can call them at 407-834-8555.
That's 834-8555. And you can always visit them on at networksoundandvideo.com. Well, video, thank you. Uh, excuse me, Vito, thank you for joining us. Yeah, people call me video. Yeah, oh, uh, one last thing, Raj. Yes. We're about to get into hurricane season, so if you wanted to wrap that stuff, if you had to ask, you know, how to get out of town or out of your home quickly, boy, it's going to be great to grab a flash drive or some DVDs rather than moving all those videotapes out of there. I would make that a priority, friends, um, and I'm yep. going to do it myself. Well, thank you very much. Vito Fira, Network Sony Video. Bless. Friends, it's been great to join you, having you join us today. To be with you today, I want to thank our producer, Jeff, and our guest, Vito Fira and Representative Anthony Sabatini. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.